Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh! pay-per-views, premium live events, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. Another quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to AW Collision. Saturday night, so right for fighting. I'm really excited. This is my first preview of this show, and uh, I loved the first episode. I liked without loving the first episode. Um, the scuttlebutt from various online reports is that the main event was a house show match. Without intending to be, because mm-hmm. there was it was meant to be short at tight uh, with an angle attached to it, which you can probably guess never actually happened. Um, but no, I liked the just to recap if you've missed the collision review. I liked the more languid pacing, the fact that there were replays, that it wasn't so busy. Mm. Just like I described it as a nice and literal change of pace from Dynamite. Dynamite was very dynamite um, on Wednesday. <laughs> This week, right, last week I got up at five and I'd been drinking on the bloody Saturday well. So I was a bit rough, but it was like Punk's return. I have to see it. I have to say that I'm not being so drastic as to say that it's Rampage flavoured already, but the prospect of, and this is purely from a UK viewer perspective, okay, with kids. I understand it's slanted. Um, It's not... Oh, get up at five! It's collision time. Yeah, for a for the second consecutive multi-man tag main event featuring five of the wrestlers who were in the first one. Yes, I don't think it's that good a lineup. I understand that you're not going to piss stuff away, especially with Forbidden Door. The timing's a bit weird on this one. I'm not saying they're chucking in the towel, but. No, it should be a fun show. It's not like it's not like they did something on the first show, like the big, as I pretentiously call it, narrative big bang from Dynamite episode exactly, one. Exactly, yeah. Where it's like, I have to see the follow-up to this. So maybe there's a flaw in last week's that's driving my, not apathy, I'm probably going to have a fun time watching it. Um, it's certainly a novelty still, but I'm not fired up. But yeah. they've done a remarkable job of firing me up for what could feasibly be the best pay-per-view ever yeah. the day after. So I'm going to keep perspective and just not complain too much. Yeah, there's some stuff I'm getting into. I'm not going to be boring it's on this a, podcast. It is a weird um, sort of place to be. You've got Rampage tonight, of course. Then you've got Collision tomorrow night. And then you've got 
uh, Forbidden Door, which, like you say, kind of slightly overshadows. You know, it's bad enough when you have like a, a WWE pay-per-view on the Sunday and you have SmackDown. It's always almost a bit like, well, we've got one eye on this. It's, yeah, weirdly, not only is it like this, this pay-per-view the next day, it's potentially one of the best pay-per-views ever. <laughs> uh, and by the way, if you want to know uh, more extended thoughts of Michael Sidgwick on um, Forbindor, we're going to be previewing it on WrestleCulture yeah. uh, a little bit later on today as well. And there's a unique quiz uh, coming your way as well, Michael Sidgwick. Um, okay. But as part of Forbidden Door, okay. we are going to find out who's going to partner uh, Darby Allen in and Sting uh, as part of their match uh, against the Suzuki Gods, um, which is another wild match added to this preposterous card this weekend. Uh, who's your money on? My money is on Tetsuya Naito. Oh. I will explain why imminently. I will also explain why that match should be great and what particularly I'm looking forward to it, why I'm looking forward to it on Wrestle Culture. But I think it's Naito. Um, two things lead me to this conclusion. One, um, Naito is in LIJ mm-hmm. and so is Shingo. Um, and Hiromu, with whom Sting and Darby formed the Dudes with Attitudes before the four became a trio because of the case that befell Forbidden Door last year. God, yeah. So it makes sense, even from this, like, I would describe it as quasi-canon, where we've just got mates from New Japan for some reason. <laughs> it's because it's Forbidden Door and we want to do some sort of interpromotional and intra-team tags. Mm. Um, so the Naito thing makes sense. It's the loosest of threads. We've got LIJ guys who are made to a sting. Naito leads LIJ, sort of. It's very loose. But Darby Allen also said to Chris Jericho um, that you've made a lot of enemies in your past. Of course, Jericho had this really awesome feud with them. That f- face, Tetsuya Naito, <laughs> if you remember that. His partner <laughs> was incredible. Incredible in 2019. Chris Jericho had his best pat a year of all time. Um, so I, I think for all those reasons, it makes sense. Obviously, you could pluck anyone from Chris Jericho's hugely um, extensive pro wrestling career that's like, who hasn't he wrestled? Who hasn't he made an enemy mm. of? But I just think with the LIJ stuff from last year and the fact that Naito wasn't on it last year and he's a huge star that it's going to be Naito. Yeah. Um, I'll explain why I'm really interested in the match on a sickos basis <laughs> on wrestle culture. so stay tuned for that. Um, I did, for the interest of, a, uh, in the interest of a, you know, a more fun debate, I've seen a lot of people talk about Goldberg. <laughs> I was going to say, he's my pick. Is he? No. <laughs> All right. Naito's, okay. Naito's, I think Naito's the shout. Naito's the shout. But my word, what a, <laughs> what a wild... Yeah, this really is the forbidden door. It would be, it would be funny. It would probably be really good. Like, if they're going to sign Goldberg, just as an incidental point, because the rumors d- will not go away. Um, Khan has said he's had nice conversations with Goldberg. Um, if they are going to use him, having him team with Sting would be a nice little tone setter for, look, he's not going to be the world champion if they bring Goldberg in, it will be in like the Sting party match context of just this guy who's a bit broken, a bit thrashed, but he's still got the star power. And if you build that hot tag well enough, 
and the atmosphere is so white hot, you might not realize in the magic of the moment that that spear isn't quite as explosive as it used to be. Mm. It's all about when to do things. And I do think that if Tony Khan does get Goldberg in, he will portray him like he does Sting. Goldberg in an AEW party match, I, I just cannot imagine not thinking that's the best. Like, seriously, it's an objective thing, doing all of this incredible smoke and mirrors, sort of insanity in and around Goldberg's limitations, knowing full well that it's not, you know, 2016, and he's not going to do something against Lesnar that maybe a full-time roster member could have done. It's That's got to be the most objectively awesome wrestling gets. Mm. No one can have a problem with that, I don't think. Like, it, it breaks my brain, but there are a million dream matches he could have already in AEW. I want to what do you want to say? Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. And then weirdly, as you were talking there, I was like... Because the whole point of the, when you're talking about Sting is everyone was like, all right, Sting's thrashed and he's not really going to do anything and he's going to probably hit a Stinger splash, maybe a you know Scorpion death drop and that'll kind of be it. And then we watched that match and we're like, oh my God, yeah, he's jumping off stuff and old Sting's back. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had some sort of high-flying affair against Commander if you, they booked him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then I thought, oh, actually, no, I really want to see Commander do his big jump straight into a spear. <laughs> oh, I, off the rope walk. Oh, oh, jump. Jump. Bang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's, who else? Oh, you, can, yeah. you, you can put almost anyone in uh, AW in there against Goldberg. Like, just think of a name, basically. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to actually happen. But the funny, yeah, the, when he worded it that way, I was like, so you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah. <laughs> but I like Naito. I would prefer Naito if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, Naito would be class. Um, let's talk about this presumed main event then, this uh, eight-man. CM Punk, FTR, Ricky Starks versus the Guns. And what do you put in Guns? Bullets, Bullet Club, Gold. I love Juice Robinson. Oh, he's the best. I saw the that clip. I do, do apologise because I should really give him the credit. I'll try and look it up because I, I could actually do that. The lad who tweeted, when my mum tells me to turn the Xbox off and go to bed, and he's like, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. Why are you trying to get me to go to sleep? He's the best. He's the he's my new favourite. He's, uh, I'd written him off entirely. Yeah. He's not baselessly. No. So he had very, very mid-forgettable, plodding, flat matches with John Moxley and Darby Allen, how do you do that? It was mm. impossible. He just felt like he checked out his um, work between 2018 and last year was now to write home about either. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, I think he's just maybe was like sort of down on confidence or checked out. I don't care if you check out, if you check back in, and that lad is dialed in right now. He's absolutely pissed funny. <laughs> Look at his face. It's a Jungle Jim on Twitter um, who, who tweeted this. But <laughs> I've got it muted. <laughs> you can hear it without yeah. audio being played. You know what you need to see? You know what everyone needs in life? You know, I can imagine you'd see a lot of Nature's Healing captions. Juice Robinson versus Daddy Magic. Oh, my God. Oh yeah. yeah, I might tweet that. I think a lot get a lot of numbers. <laughs> um, who do you think wins this? 
<laughs> we know who's going to win. I did like the the whole. Just don't fancy promoting the main event last week, Punk. Just come out, cut your promo for 20 minutes, and then go. See in a bit. It's, uh, it's the bits we compromise. Yeah. Here's what you could win. Here's what I want. Here's a good match, but not what you want to see. That's just going to be the theme, I think, of the CM Punk run until they can do business. And um doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, Hamlet's in fancy land. He's got his tin file. He's, in, he's just deluded. <laughs> Keeps insisting it's going to happen. It's like, um, this is a pretty uh, niche analogy, right? But um, do you get, I don't know if Chesterfield people, no offense. No? This is about a soccer football analogy. So I'm sorry, bear with me. Do Chesterfield have the um, phenomenon known as ITKs on Twitter. I, um, I'm not going to completely rule it out, but I don't think we're quite big enough for, for an in-the-know, if, yeah. if the people want so, to know what that stands for. ITK is an in-the-know, and it's specifically about transfer rumours mm-hmm. with like football clubs, and you'll get these chances on Twitter, and they are sort of derisively known by people who aren't lunatics and don't fall for it. It's ITKs in the knows. And there's one for Newcastle, right, who, and this is the tactic, they will either say, when something really starts to gather steam with a transfer rumor, they'll say, no, I've heard this, that there's something really (laughs) real behind this. And then when it happens, because it's gathering steam and it's probably going to happen, they'll say, like I said, Mm -hmm. or told you. And then what they'll do is they'll say, oh, we're interested in such and such a name. And then a day later, they'll say, we're interested in such and such a name. Then they will develop this portfolio mm-hmm. of times they've said, I'm interested, Newcastle United are interested in 1,500 players. <laughs> yeah, just the bot that produces every player's name. So when one of them <laughs> comes great. out as, all right, okay, <laughs> we're closing in on the agreement for this player, right? <laughs> Um, they'll say, like I said. They'll quote tweet themselves, won't they? And say, See? I told you, told you. See? <laughs> so we call them ITKs. Hamlet is going to be like you. Oh, no. If and when this happens, you'll be unbearable. <laughs> Absolutely unbearable. Like making it up before it actually is in in motion. Mm. This, is, uh, this is a bit like, uh, we're talking about this on the news today, because we were talking about Jungle Boy's presumed heel turn in the future. Um, and and it, I said, oh, it's kind of felt like it's coming for a while because the three of us constantly speculate whenever he's in there with Hook. And it, it could be nothing. They could have even, not even discussed it. Yeah. And we've... But the moment someone stood in there with their tag team partner holding a chair, you're like, they're going to betray them. Then. Yeah. And it's the same with us, us talking about... When we're talking about the acclaimed beating up Billy Gunn, there's no evidence of that, but any time they're on there and they're like, right, we're going to hear from the acclaimed, I'm like, is this the week? Yeah. Are they going to kill him? Like, e- even if he just says something as inconspicuous, like, yep, the three of us are still going after those trios titles and, you know, I went on one more title before I'm... And I'm like, I'm not saying that you're, you're a bad guy, Billy Gunn, but if I'm trying to justify myself as a heel, you're always banging on about this being your last title. What about us? We're the tag... We're former tag team yeah. champions and now we're pissing about with you. We lost them. Just uh, like you say, it's one of those ones where that maybe that's more uh, hope than expectation when it comes to Hamlet. But some of them, you're just like, is this actually happening or yeah, have I just yeah, invented yeah. it? Yeah. But I, 
I feel like, yeah, it's going to be a, a very similar uh, main event to, to last week's with maybe maybe one of the guns taking the pin instead. Oh, yes. Like, that's what's going <laughs> to happen here. I've got two. I've got one thing that they could do. It was against the guns. And who else? The fateful stage dive. That changed everything. Oh, yeah. It's funny because that's... It's not that one, is it? But it's in the opening video. That's a raffle. And I was like, don't show the bit where he jumps into the crowd. Don't encourage him to do I it know. again. So it was CMFTR versus the guns and someone else I can't remember off the top of my head that the fateful stage dive on the Dynamite after Double or Nothing, the week after he'd won the belt, that he, quote, pulverized his foot. Mm. Um, I would like it. The guns have already got a fantastic entrance right, where they have the water in the mouth, and then they go pew pew, and then they, they spit the water out at the same time as do the guns. Max Caster? Sounds right. Yeah. All oh, right, okay. It was Max Yeah, Dynamite After Double or Nothing 2022. Yeah, 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 yeah it was Max Caster. Were they doing that storyline at the time then when the guns and the acclaimed were coming together, or was, or was it just random? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Austin Gunn should do his cool entrance that I like with the water being sprayed out when he does the guns, then he should motion to stage dive oh. and then piss himself laughing and then Punk could target him in the match and then pin him. That's a nice little ball around that. A bit cutesy. I can't get jazzed for this. It'll be fun. There's eight people in an AEW ring. It almost invariably is. It'll be a different kind of match to most trios matches, but very similar to last week. One thing I would like... To, two things I want to see on the back of this, right? One, I want CM Punk to really sell a lot for Jay White. I felt that Jay White could have been one of the guns in that main event. I think, weirdly, CM Punk wanted to spotlight Juice Robinson as the guy whose ass got kicked in a really entertaining way. He wanted to spotlight Joe as the real sort of threat in that group who chopped his tits off. I thought Jay White was treated like he was just there. There was a tiny tease, wasn't there? He was going to hit him with his finish and win the match, and then probably yeah, but just that's like out that, of it. that's the thing. That's just what mostly happens in an AWT. Yeah, yeah, match. yeah, yeah. You're going to get a star name sell or bump for someone who's lower on the totem pole. That's just the beauty of the trios match. There was no sense of a big showdown. Mm -hmm. There was no sense that Punk licking his lips at the idea of, oh, I've got Jay White from New Japan Pro Wrestling, multi-time IWGP mm. world champion. Yeah. Um, there was no sense that he was as much of a concern to Punk as Joe was, or that was a special moment, the first meeting between Punk and White. I want to say Punk treated him like a jag, like just a guy. Yeah. But he almost did. Yeah. So I'd like to see Jay White really just kick Punk's ass in this match. Like, genuinely, I think that's the way to go here. Um... It's all been threaded together nicely enough. Um, but it's hard to get excited about this when the Jay White, when it's very similar to last week and the Jay White Ricky Starks feud. I don't want to say disaster, that's hyperbole, but it certainly wasn't a success. It certainly didn't really end. No. Maybe it'll end, and this is another ch indirect chapter of it. So that's one thing I want to see in the body of the match itself. In the post match, if they've got any banter possible, Punk wins. Satoshi Kojima comes out, lariats him right in the teeth, gets a microphone, bends down, and goes, Kojima! Yes. And then just says, I'm going to win. Yep. The only other thing I would like is... Kojima! Lariat! 
the only other thing I would like is Juice Robinson slash the guns, potentially all three. I'm keeping Jay White separate because I agree with you. I think he should be held on more of a pedestal than he has been. So Juice Robinson slash the guns slash all three of them doing the Ricky Starks pose. I just want to see it. I want to see it all the time. I yeah, love the yeah. love the Ricky Starks pose. I love people parodying stuff. I love it if people do it and then do the wanker symbol. Yeah, yeah. What if CM Punk as well, after the stage dive, scores after Austin Gunn, like hits him with one of his signature moves, like the neck break, uh, stands up, does like the gun symbol, and then just does the wanker sign. <laughs> it's very over in AW right now, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. That was the, we're on the very, like, it's very much like I'm having a week off out the wrestling bubble. I don't want to see or hear any wrestling. I'm just going to have a bit of a break. Come back, it's going to be madness with pay-per-views and what have you. And um, Yeah, the one thing that cut through immediately. It always seems to happen when I go away. People going, um, MJF did the wanker symbol on Dynamite. He's like, do what? <laughs> Wanked off his arm and did the wanker symbol, as you told me. <laughs> um, but a win for CM Punk, FTR, yeah. and Ricky Starks. Yeah, yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, Owen Hart tournament begins. Technically not true. It that actually begins tonight on Rampage, but we're not talking about that. So um, instead, we're going to talk about Willow Nightingale versus Nyla Rose in the quarterfinal of that. Um... CM Punk himself, I think that this is, well, I'm certainly going to echo it because I think it's a good take. There's been a lot of talk in wrestling forever, basically, but last year of, and this year of, oh, didn't Jericho do another a number on Ricky Starks? Didn't Ricky Starks come out of that feud worse than he went into it? Or haven't they cooled off Wardlow? And it's never on the talent, is it? Mm. I think this is a hangover from the very good faith critiques of WWE just not pushing anyone and not giving anyone a chance. There is the possibility that certain wrestlers show promise in a certain role, and then when it's their time to get off the bench, 
do they deserve the place in the starting eleven? And you know, I think sometimes the onus is on the talent. We see it. More wrestling fans need to watch football. Basically, all the sports. <laughs> I've come to this conclusion today. How many times have we seen someone with a really highly touted rep make the jump from the Bundesliga to the Premier mm -hmm. League or Serie A or La Liga to the Premier League or to the international stage? And it just doesn't happen because there are levels to this game. Um, Timo Werner. Yeah. I'm sorry for speaking entirely in football analogies today, but it's a comparison. Yeah. Like, there, this discourse happens in football as well. It's like, oh, well, it's the manager not getting enough out of the players. And certainly that happens, and certainly bookers do botch things, but there is a bit of both in this equation. Um, certain players who tried to go to a, at the time, well-coached team um, in a better league at a higher level, and they just don't do it. They do not live up to their promise, um, which leads me to Nyla Rose. We've seen it in flashes. Mm -hmm. She's had some of my favorite AEW Dynamite matches in history. What worries me about this one is that she works so much better in my experience with smaller opponents yeah. who she can monster, particularly Riho. Those are the matches I'm obviously referring to. She's never really shown to me that outside of that pretty one-dimensional match, like a perfect match type, the David versus Goliath match type, um, that she's... Um, really shown to me that she can do anything else outside of that. And now that she's in a match with a fellow Hoss like Willow Nightingale, my expectations are low for this. Mm. And CM Punk said, just to bring it back to my original point before I went off piste, um, it's time for a lot of talent on the show to sink or swim, which I interpreted as a sort of pointed reference to Starks and Hobbs particularly. Um, like, come on. He's are at the minute B plus. You are on the cusp, but how long can you be on the cusp before you're actually not on the cusp and you're at your level? With Nyla Rose, <clears throat> again, because the women's division booking has been so apathetic, there is very much the point to be made that maybe we've not seen the best of her on a consistent basis and she could be a real player. But again, I've never seen her in a match with someone who is of equal size, stature, style, where it's been all of that great. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I think it's sink or swim time for Nyla Rose because there's an opportunity for her to do a lot of stuff on collision. I don't necessarily think this is great matchmaking. I'm not being cynical. Precedent tells me that this type of match isn't her strength. I'd love to be surprised mm. because I love both women. Like I think they're both, they seem like the most fantastic people I love watching them when they're at their best, but I don't think this is going to be particularly good. I'm sorry. I'm hope, hoping, yeah, like you say, that we get a weird... Because like you say, the, in terms of the size dynamic, it's very different from, from what you'd normally expect from a Nyla Rose match. But there is scope for me, because I think Willow Nightingale wins this. Looking at the brackets, I think Athena's going to go through on that side. So you get Athena versus Willow, which is actually a really fun semi-final uh, and a very clear heel-baby-face dynamic. Um but uh, there's a way I think that they could do this uh, where Willow Nightingale almost plays the Riho character purely because she looks at Nyla Rose and goes, oh, no, I can't do what I normally would do here. 
building effectively to the spot where she finally does pounce Nyla Rose yeah. and not only surprises Nyla Rose, but almost surprises herself. Um, because I think that's how you get the crowd behind this, you know, and give them a bit of time. Like you, you pointed out in the first collision, it was a bit, not slower paced, but just everything, slower paced. everything was just allowed to breathe more, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and it made, made me very appreciative of the like two hour runtime because I was like, okay, we can lay this this table out almost. And, and you know, this was the first episode different because it was just, let's let CM Punk get some stuff off his chest for the first 20, <laughs> 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from with this, that we could just basically have a, oh, two, two big, big wrestlers colliding here and is there any other story other than that? But, you know, it, like you say, it just annoys me sometimes that, and I know she's been utilised on Dark and what have you, but it used, you, you used to annoy me a lot that it would just be like, oh, we've got a new babyface champion, either, either you know, uh, yeah, sm- smaller titles or world titles or Ring of Honor titles or whatever. Who are we going to have to face first? Oh, Nyla. Yeah. Nyla always, you know, oh, near fall. Oh, you've retained, because of course you're going to retain your first title defence. It annoyed me for a while, so I hope that she, yeah, she can really showcase what she can do here. Um, yeah, and, you know, Willow Nightingale's going to have to do a lot for me to to look <laughs> with any without any passion towards her because I just think she's brilliant at playing this role. Um, and I can't I can't imagine you know, one of the best semi-finals. If you'd have asked me to pick a semi-final or even a final for this tournament, Willow Nightingale versus Athena is the ultimate, you know chaotic evil versus, you know, just white than white, you know, but yeah. wouldn't melt sort of baby face. So, yeah, I, I think Willow Nightingale wins here, but um, I'll be intrigued to see. Oh, we're not going to get a chance to review it, are we? God damn it. I'll forget about this probably by the time yeah. Sunday rolls around. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll we'll try and c- recap something. We will try and do some sort of... I'm Maybe just, on the preview that we yeah. talk about last week's show, because yeah. obviously Forbidden Door is going to take priority. Yeah, and we'll try and get some sort of... Because I know... Because me and Hamlet are doing the Forbidden Door live stream, by the way, on Sunday night. Do join us for that one. But I know, obviously, people will want to know Sidious' thoughts. And we'll try... Because we won't be in a Monday. Maybe Tuesday, try and squeeze in a, a little sit-down with you just to get your, your quick thoughts, rather than cramming it in all on the Dynamite preview, because then it all gets a bit muddled yeah. and... But we'll Don't promise anything. No. Uh, okay, let's talk um, Swerve Strickland battling a legend in Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, let me just double check. Um, and is he doing anything at uh, Forbidden Door? Oh, he's fighting for the world title. So um, who do you see winning this one? Yeah. You're, we and I are, are in agreement on this one. We're a little bit worried about this match. I'm a little bit worried about it. And I'm mostly perplexed. I would not work Tanahashi... To the ground, like every promoter is intent on doing, seemingly. (laughs) It's one of those. Tanahashi is thrashed and broken, and he's got that middle-aged spread and the dad bod. I hate saying this. He's, like, legitimately one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He is on my Rushmore. Mm -hmm. Tanahashi, Danielson, Omega, and Brett. Fair. And... It's always a bit sobering for my own selfish confrontation with the abyss of time. (laughs) When I see what Tanahashi looks like now, it's like, wow, I've aged and lived through an era. And I just think, every time I see him in there, and he's not at his big match best, of which he's still capable, it's often a bit mid or a bit, oh, it's nice. 
I don't want to feel that about Tanahashi. No. I want to like really feel like he can win it all, and it's just odd. So I wouldn't have put him in a match to begin with. And what's weird about this is that Tony Khan, right? I've made this point millions of times, sorry, but like even when he's not plotting the best, most compelling long-term stories, he's still an absolutely tremendous matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Like, tremendous. So good at it. This is such a weird match. Maybe he's seen something I don't, and maybe that's why he's in the job he is, you know, apart from being the son of a billionaire. <laughs> um, you've got, in Swerve Strickland, a guy who has wavelength and chemistry issues in quite a few of his matches because he just moves in a completely different way. Unorthodox. Hence, unorthodox, yeah, yeah. hence Swerve. It's part of his ring style, but it can take a while within the body of a match for some people to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Um, versus a guy who really isn't anywhere near as mobile as he used to be. What does this match look like? I think the scope for this falling apart is way higher than the scope for it being like really good mm. and really benefiting both people in the match. It's just odd. Um, I wouldn't be beating Swerve, and he can't beat Tanahashi. I do like there'll be some kind of finish. Or there'll be something in the match that makes you click Eureka style. Ah, this is great. That's why they've done this. I cannot see any... This is a no good can come from this match for me. Yeah. When I'm previewing it, happily get proven wrong. Just a weird one for me. What's going on with Keith Lee? I don't care. That's the ultimate thing. I don't care. Nobody else does either. The man's barely over. Um... That's my, only, that's my only looking at this is the only, the only way I think. Okay, Keith Lee costs swerve, and they go right. Let's finally have this blow off on a on collision as a big thing. But it's like the weirdest thing. Are they saving it for this? Oh, they didn't do it then. They must be saving it for this. There's been so many them. They must be saving it for this. That the feud is the coldest non-event in <laughs> yes. AEW right now. It's beggars belief that they've not paid it off. Beggars belief that they still kind of tease that it's going to get paid off and after they didn't do it at double or nothing yes they were both in the in the battle royal and they did an interaction they did an interaction on the dynamite after <laughs> I thought it has to be the first collision then yeah this match that theoretically has this oh they've built this for a while it's big no they've built it for a while and it's really cold because they've built it too long but th- maybe they were thinking that some fans would think Oh, this is big. Yes, and they're making this. Mm. Jesus Christ, aren't the mega powers exploding for sake? But you could do like a road to and easily sell it. Oh, you could. Yeah. You could create a video package that makes this seem more epic and sprawling than it actually has been. Does Keith Lee interfere? Do we need the challenger for the AEW title, which already feels like it's just a diversion before they get to resuming Cole MGF. The timing of all of that on Dynamite was odd to me. I am baffled by literally every component directly pertaining to this match and everything on the margins. So weird. Mm. I'd love to pick Tony's brain with stuff like this. Mm. I was thinking, right, I know uh, I've got loads to do in the two hours I've got left <laughs> of work. Is there... This is more about the MGF and Tanahashi and Cold stuff as a diversion. Is there some kind of remit from Warner Brothers Discovery, from the TV execs, to say there must be some segment, pre-tape, something pertaining to the world title in AEW on every single show? That, or Dynamite, not Rampage. 
Because why is he telling me that Cole and MGF's happening again? I kind of suspected it was, yeah. but I'd like for a week to believe that it isn't, or that it's weeks down, months down the line when Cole can get back on track. Oh, why have they done this to Tanahashi? <laughs> yeah. I just baffled by it. But uh, yeah, Tanahashi has to win. So I'm just trying to get an out for Swerve where he doesn't get hurt too much yeah. because I love Swerve. You and I have sat here and will continue to sit here and say he's going to be world champion in AEW one day, yeah. un- without question. Um, Andrade came back last week. Yep. Andrade El Idolo, a really fun match. Um, Buddy Matthews in that one. Now a different member of the House of Black in Brody King. Jesus Christ, if you thought that was two big lads kicking the crap out of each other, this hoss is coming out in against Andrade. It's going to be so much fun. This Andy is is mouthwatering the prospect. Andy Murray, I know this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you see happening here? Um, a lot of stiff shots and a pretty <laughs> cool match. Maybe a rinse repeat angle. Maybe some kind of tease that Andrade's got back up and they could have him realign with Roosh mm-hmm. or whatever um, to advance what happened last week and then build a trios match for down the line, down the line. Obviously, it won't be Forbidden Door for reasons we covered extensively last year. Um, yeah, I would like to see a spot where ooh, 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 goes to the cannonball, gets himself... Um, tied up in the ropes when Andrade dodges, then he can do the double knees to the face on an upside down Brody King. Oh my, oh my God. And then uh, maybe Bro... Who do I want to win? That's the thing when you get to this kind of singles match to book a probable trios match down the road. You don't want the challenger or the champions to lose. It's not quite no good can come from this, but it's kind of... Yeah, the winner, whoever wins doesn't matter here. It's something is going to spin off the back of it regardless. So it is a bit, who cares who wins really? Mm. I just... It'll be fun. It'll be fun. One of those moves that you forget about until it happens again. And then you think, oh, thank God that's back. Thank God he's back. Andrade spinning back yeah. elbow. Came through the screen. Oh, I watched my that. God. He looked like he knocked his temple through <laughs> and his skull imploded. Awesome. It's just always it's the it's the mindset of the wrestler going... Thank God I dodged that kick. Yeah, I know. A few milliseconds later. Oh, I've got no teeth left. Brody King doing the stagger cell to one knee and like kind of firing back up and then an Ishii-esque collapse would be the way to sell it. I'm not a wrestler. (laughs) That would be my uh, pitch. Yeah. I think Andrade wins, but yeah, maybe through shenanigans with uh, Roosh and Jose or whatever it may be. Make up some fun interactions between Julia Hart and Jose, the assistant yeah. on the road. And Preston Vance is a very handsome man. Yes. So I'm never going never gonna to say no to having more of him on my television screen, if I'm honest. Um, right, so a little bit of a insight into my holiday. I said I'm keeping out of the loop, keeping out of the loop. But, you know, I'm a millennial or whatever it is, just addicted to my phone. So occasionally I'm going... I'm, England are 6-0 up against North Macedonia. And I'm like, but this this restaurant, this pub's got Pub Britannia. Very, very Magaluf this. Got Wi-Fi. Just quickly flick on Twitter. And obviously it just loads. When you haven't been on for ages, you're like, here's something from six days ago. Here's something from two two seconds ago. And so I, (laughs) I saw an image of Christian Cage and I went, 
oh, cool, Christian Cage is TNT champion. I didn't even know that was that match was even happening again. I thought it was all Luchasaurus. And I subsequently come back in today, and I go, wait a second, what happened? Sorry, Luchasaurus is champion. So what, did Luchasaurus turn on? Because I saw an image of Christian Cage holding up the world title, uh, TNT title. But I've realized it's genius, because right, disregarding what they're doing with Wardlow, and that's a good question, along with Powerhouse Hobbs, who's just... They'll happy and smiling in QTV inexplicably. Yeah. Um, disregarding all that for a second, I love this. <laughs> it's one, two, three. Give me that title. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yours. Uh, he is addressing the, the TNT title tonight, despite not being champion. I would hate the fact. What if it's Christians and he's bought it or something? Freebird rule. Maybe. <laughs> Don't like that. I just don't like the... I just get back to the sporting thrust of what this promotion mm-hmm. either used to be or promised to be. Yes. I think there's a little bit of a conflation there. I think there's one and the other, personally. They did embody it. They did tell you more than they showed it, but they showed it on occasion. So I don't like the idea of a title being bought or a title being won on somebody else's behalf. It's all a bit corny, old-fashioned wrestling, but the worst kind. So I don't know what's going to happen. About two years ago, I'd probably say, WWE, WWE brain tells me this, but the rational part of me says to trust the process. A lot of that's been eroded. Yeah. Especially this year. It's gone very, very carny. So I don't know. But I will make another point vaguely related to this that some people have pointed out on Twitter is a good story beat. I think it's a thoughtful story beat. I like how these things overlap and dovetail. I necessarily like it. I don't like the idea that they've indirectly built up the Jack Perry heel turn by having someone who was considered the elder one in Jurassic Express that Jack Perry's going to, I hate the analogy, but Janetti Michaels, you know? Mm. I hate it. Janetti was better when he was in the Rockers. Obviously, Sean had the better career afterwards, but Marty was better at the time, Mm -hmm. 1990, okay? Just so you know. I hate the idea that Perry, looking on as Luchasaurus wins the TNT title, gets singles gold before he does, makes Jack Perry realize I have to take the same path he does if I want singles gold. Have we not had enough resources put behind this Jack Perry push at this point? Do we need to use an indirect storyline association with the TNT title and Luchasaurus is yet another... It's a resource, the TNT title. You can make guys with that. Yeah. You can make great matches with it. You can have it prestigious on its own terms. If, in fact, it might just be a cute coincidence, knowing AEW, I don't think it is. I think it's something they've done at the same time to deftly dovetail. (laughs) I hate this. I think you've spent four years consistently, thoughtfully getting Christian Cage to essentially spend two years of his career building the idea that Jack Perry's going to be an AEW headliner. Doing this for the TNT title to then build the heel turn, I just think, has the lad not been given enough? Mm. He's been given every opportunity to get over and get that platform to reach that next level. Do we need Luchasaurus TNT champion, which is not going to be good on its own terms because I saw the match on Collision last week and it was piss poor. Do we need that as yet another thing to put behind Jack Perry? 
It's too bloody much. And yes, it's going to drive the resentment that they are courting at this point because they want Perry to turn heel. My God, he's had enough. He's had enough put behind him. It's time to sink or swim. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. You what get that linked. Very nice. I said earlier to my kind of closing statement before you stop recording. Yeah, I like that a lot. And uh, I don't, I'm a professional. I don't know what Christian Cage is going to say, but he's had such a way with words recently that we've gone, oh, they've, they've really ruined this now. And then he just pulls it out of the yeah. bag. You know, we're like, they're doing a what match? And then it's just great. So I'm, I'm, I'm allow, I'll allow it for the time being. But uh, yeah, I don't want it to be as simple as Luchasaurus won it for me. And now he's just letting me have it because, come on, you, like you say, you're better than that. And the Jungle Boy, Jack Perry thing, time will tell. But I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on that one as well. Um, but let us know your thoughts on, on that and everything we've discussed uh, ahead of AW Collision this weekend uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. The SmackDown preview is available right now. And as I said earlier, uh, me and Sidge will be previewing for Vindor in more detail on WrestleCulture, complete with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz and Adam Nicholas a little bit later on today day as well but for now this has been the aw collision preview my thanks to michael sidrick thank you for joining us and we will see you soon hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 